Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Over the past several weeks, I've focused on how we recognize when team members are performing at high performance levels. Remember the performance curve where about 30% of our team members are at the highest performance level, 60% at the solid performance, ranging from lower solid to higher solid performance, and 10% of our team members exhibiting the lowest performance, either because of lack of skill or poor attitude and non-compliant behaviors. And when I talk about this curve, people ask, what do you mean by high performance? Over the past several weeks, I've focused podcast episodes on possible answers to this question. Two weeks ago, I talked about productivity and high performance. To be high-performing team members, we have to be productive. And that's episode 182, what makes an employee a productive one. Last week in episode 184, I focused on what we can learn from athletes to be our best. What if we all had an athlete's mindset at work? What would that look like? And I referenced sportsmanagementdegrees.com that presents 20 traits of high-performing athletes. Last week, I talked about six of those traits, and today I talk about six more. Here are the traits I talked about last week. Stay confident to manage stress and obstacles. Work hard to win. Do our personal best every day, all the time. Set meaningful goals and achieve them one step at a time, knowing we can always get better. Work with personal sacrifice to do our personal best. Believe that we can win even against the best. Let's focus on more athletic traits we can learn from and apply to be great team members. High-performing athletes all share a sense of belonging. Belonging means you feel value. You feel like you should be part of the team. You feel that your insights, commentary, perspectives matter. In other words, we have a sense of belonging when we feel part of the team. We know that we play a valuable role on the team. The best teams provide opportunities for people to feel connected to the work and each other to achieve results. And team members see how what they do makes a difference to the outcomes. In her book, Braving the Wilderness, The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone, Brene Brown says, I don't think there's anything lonelier than being with people and feeling alone. Our goal as leaders and team members is to ensure that no one on our teams feel alone when we're working as a team. Remember, we're focused on team members who have a desire to contribute to our team. It's our leader's responsibility to address members on our team who are toxic to the work environment and refuse to change. In these episodes, we're focused on the majority of our team members who want to be engaged and contribute to the success of our organizations. The success of a team depends on a sense of belonging. Sometimes we may say that team has chemistry. Sometimes the underdog teams win games. They aren't expected to win because a sense of belonging team members have with each other and to the idea of winning and to actually winning. They overachieve to their ability by leveraging the strengths of every team member and they have the heart to win. When teams have a sense of belonging, they have a shared purpose. 
Everything we do on our team connects back to purpose. This past year, our Huron Studer Education team worked to continue with shared purpose. In our remote work environment, our team shared great purpose and a sense of belonging and a commitment to our work, to each other and other people we serve. I'm so proud of our team and feel privileged to be their executive leader. This team carries with it a sense of belonging. What's nice is that our team wants to be face-to-face, and they also want to have the flexibility to work remotely. That's what we're going to do, and and we're going to continue to build a strong culture of belonging in our work. Here's what I've learned in the field. Sometimes leaders get caught up on the logistics, such as how the remote environment will be managed. Are we on too many Zoom meetings? Are we on this, doing this right or doing this wrong, and so on. And leaders spend less time on what it takes for our teams to do the most important work together to achieve results. What's most important is regardless of the type of tools we use, we remain focused on a sense of belonging for our teams. When our team members see their contributions, they feel good about their work, regardless of the way we are working. So how do leaders contribute to the team? They need to be intentional about articulating purpose, discussing the big picture of the overall goals, and ensuring people feel their work is connected and important to the success of the organization. Our team's ability to interact with each other in remote environments needs to be as natural as possible. And consistency of processes and connections become even more critical in remote environments. And we need a chance to be together face-to-face. For our employees, creating genuine feelings of belonging is essential for improving engagement and performance. Teams have, with a sense of belonging, support our business and organizational goals. I realize I've spent a lot of time on this episode about a sense of belonging. I'm very committed to our teams having that sense of belonging because without it, it's hard to move our organizations forward and to have a great impact. High-performing athletes are also natural leaders. They're focused and motivated. They have an innate ability to bring out the best in themselves and others. We see these natural leaders in our workforce, and this quality can be nurtured to help them become even better leaders. When we see natural leaders, it's our responsibility as leaders to support and continue to develop them to be those strong leaders on our team. High-performing athletes are coachable. They're constantly wanting to know what they can do to get better. When they're not achieving, they want to know what they're doing wrong, what they need to do, and then they practice until they get, get, a, get better results. There's wisdom in being coachable. We recognize that other people who have deeper experiences and successes can teach us something. To be wise, we must first be aware. We pay attention to the experience, wisdom, knowledge, abilities, and skills people have earned. Being coachable means that we're open to learn and listen to how their experiences can help us. And high-performing athletes have humility. A humble athlete neither underestimates nor overestimates their abilities. They're continuously looking for ways to improve. They want more training. They want to be skilled, and they want more heart. They don't boast or brag about themselves. They look in the mirror to self-evaluate what they need to do to get better and better. High-performing athletes also manage stress. Stress has the power to debilitate us. 
We can learn from athletes because they face stress daily. Whether the ability to manage stress comes naturally or has been learned over many years, these athletes are able to manage their worries to focus on the task at hand. They don't overreact, give up, say things are too difficult, and blame failures on others. When I coached tennis, I had one young man who couldn't control his stress on the court. He felt pressured by his father, and that pressure came out on the court. He got mad at himself, and that turned into expression of anger on the court. His anger caused him to lose control and lose games that led to losing the match. Now, our job together as coach and player was to work together to help him manage his stress. It took my intervention with him at first, and then he found a way to work through his anxiety most of the time. It first took him wanting to change his behavior. That's where my coaching was critical, helping him understand why his behavior change would help him, help the team, and help our school. And once we got there, we focused on some strategies to manage his anger. And much of it was me reinforcing the positives of his game and positives about him as a person. Remember, three positives to one criticism gets a better outcome. Here's the good news and the story. Managing stress can be learned. High-performing team members set examples on our teams for how to manage stress. They're examples of it. High-performing athletes tend to also have low anxiety or they know how to manage anxiety to produce positive results. They're adaptable enough to change strategy or come up against a challenge without feeling like their nerves are shot. They manage through difficult times to find solutions to problems that are right there in front of them. In summary, we learn from six additional traits of high-performing athletes. High-performing athletes have a sense of belonging and build that among their teams. It's not the coach's responsibility to do this. It's everyone's responsibility. They're natural leaders who have innate ability to bring out the best in themselves and others. High-performing athletes are coachable. They're constantly wanting to know what they can do to get better. They're humble and never boasting about themselves and continuously looking for ways to improve. They want more training, improved skills, and more heart. They manage stress. They're able to manage their worries to focus on the task at hand. They don't overreact, give up, say things are too difficult, or blame failures on others. And high-performing athletes know how to manage their anxiety to produce positive results. They focus on how to strategically overcome challenges to get to a better side. We continue to learn from high-performing athletes. Great athletes make great teams. Not one athlete on a team, a team of high-performing athletes led by an excellent coach make great teams. The team and the coach work together to build a winning team, and that team produces positive results. And these results build back the positive momentum for the team to get better and better and better. Every team member counts. Select one this week and work on it. Next week, we'll focus on the last eight traits of high-performing athletes that we can learn from to be a high-performing team member. Our nine principles flywheel has as the center purpose, worthwhile work, and making a difference. The three aspects of the flywheel that make it spin include inspiring workplaces, building strength in our people, and accelerating results. When one team member is not working to be a high-performing employee, the flywheel slows down and hinders the ability of the team to achieve results. When the flywheel spins, our teams have purpose, do worthwhile work, 
and make a difference in the lives of others. Be the team member who makes the flywheel spin faster and faster. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. Look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.